What they're catching, how they catch them on fly, and do they keep them and cook them, or do they let them go? As we always say, we love travelling all parts of the globe to find out, you know, what anglers do in different parts of the world. Yep. And joining us right now is a very successful podcaster himself. He's got the destination angler. It's in North America. We'll find out exactly where. But uh, Steve Haig uh, joins us right now. How are we, Steve? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys? Oh, yeah, we're excited. We, oh. we want to chat to you because, you know, America, you know, especially certain parts of America is always on the bucket list to, of Aussies or people around the world. So we've, we want to find out what got you into fishing, what you love about it, and whereabouts you do fish. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And what you target and how you catch them and, and what you cook. What I cook. All right. Well, I might disappoint you on the cooking side. It's all catch and release pretty much in America. We do. Uh, we got a lot of fly anglers chasing trout in America, and uh, if everybody caught, you know, kept what they caught, we would deplete the resource probably in a year. So uh, we uh, most of it's catch and release. Okay. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I like a charter that's it's sustainable for the industry, isn't it? Right. Yeah. It's kind of right. So where I fish, I tell you what, I live in Indiana, and I love trout fishing, and there there really aren't any places to fish in Indiana for trout, but we do have smallmouth bass here which are really fantastic on the fly rod. You get a little six-way fly rod out there. Every blue line on the map in Indiana has got smallmouth bass in it, as long as it doesn't go dry in the summertime. So yeah. I do a lot of that in the summer, different destinations around the country. So last year I fished the Upper Gallatin in Yellowstone National Park. Uh, we fished Henry's Fork in Idaho. We fished the Gravant River in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. That was all in one trip. That was fantastic. Uh, a lot of cutthroat trout, some rainbows and browns in there. And this year, I've been to the Davidson River in North Carolina, which is uh, Appalachia area for us, and uh, that's some fantastic fishing down there. Can we ask? Um, you know, like yeah. I'm really fascinated about you know all the different types of fishing. Now, this might be a silly question because Herb's Australia's greatest fisherman. Okay, yeah, I am just yeah. a guy okay. that uh, right. just fills in the question. <laughs> if I if you caught a trout, or you know, you, you know, because you yeah. do catch and release. How quickly will that yep. fish be dumb enough to bite the lure again? Oh. Yeah. You know what? Um, I couldn't tell you for sure, but it, it, it'd be more than probably an hour, I would think. They, uh. they go lick their wound somewhere, and uh, I don't know for sure, but I can tell you what, if, if you're fishing with a fly rod and the fish comes up and grabs the fly for a second and you sting him, right, he feels the hook, that fish is done. You're not going to catch that fish. You might be able to come back in an hour. Some people say like a half a day. Some people say the next day. Uh, they're pretty smart little buggers. Yeah, okay. they spook easy by the sounds of it. Now, um, smallmouth bass, yeah. trout, and all that sort of stuff. What is the biggest? What is the biggest yeah. bass? What is the biggest trout you got? I'm, I'm, I really want to know, Steve, eh? All right, so all you guys who are listening, you can go out to my podcast, the Destination Angler Podcast, look that up. I'm on all the different outlets for podcasts, and there's a picture of me holding a 24-inch cutthroat trout, and I caught that thing at 10,000 feet in Montana in the Beartooth Wilderness in Montana. So me and my son, we hiked in. It took us three days to hike to that lake. We finally got there, and um, I caught that guy on a leech pattern. And that is the biggest wild trout I've ever caught. 24 inches is a big trout. Yeah, that's massive, and massive. If you and think about it, 
It's big. Yeah, yeah. huge. And, and that yeah. lake is under ice for, yeah, go ahead. I can't believe it. So you hiked for three days to into this lake to catch your biggest trout. Now, that is a massive trout, but three-day hike. Are you worried about bears and all that? You've got to lug fishing gear in. That's a big effort, steve That's yeah. massive. There are a lot of grizzly bears. Uh, this is just north of Yellowstone. Wow. The park, which is a ton of bears in Yellowstone, like maybe 600 in the Yellowstone ecosystem. And that extends out into Montana into the Beartooth Wilderness. And uh, you got to keep your head on a swivel, you know. And I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, we were a little nervous up there, you know, like you're kind of looking around and kind of wondering what's behind the next bend. I did forget all about the bears when I was pulling that big fish. <laughs> but what do you, do you, do you have to, you know, because you got to be serious. Um, you know, will the bears... Do they? I oh know you catch them at least, but you'd have to be careful of what food and everything you're taking. There, do they come hunting for that? Because for oh, yeah. us, we have crocodiles, and yeah. same thing. We we get very nervous well, around crocodiles. Yeah, no, it's. It, I don't know which would be worse. I've never been around a crocodile, but um, I've never seen a grizzly bear in the wild. I've been to Yellowstone six or seven times, and I've only seen bears on one trip. We saw five bears in one day, and it was all from my car. So that's, that's why I like place. to see bears in the in the safety of my car. But yeah, you have to um, you have to be bear aware, right? So you have to cook your food a hundred yards away from where you're sleeping. You have to put your food up in a bear bag and hang it up in a tree in between two trees so that they can't reach out and grab. So trees have to be 25, 30 feet apart, and so you got to hang your food up in the air, and you cannot take anything that smells in your tent with you at night. So like toothpaste, deodorant, sunscreen, you know, like uh, spaghetti sauce that you spilled on your pants because you were stupid and didn't cook and eat in a different pair of pants and you went to bed in. All that stuff is a problem in bear country. So, you know, your chances of seeing a bear are really, really slim. Uh, and most people live in Montana. If they see a grizzly bear, they're like, wow, that was fantastic. I saw a grizzly bear. Uh, um, but you got you got to be smart in bear country for sure. Uh, before we get back into the fishing, can we ask one more question? Yeah, would bears drink beer? <laughs> I thought you guys called beer piss. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> After a couple, anyway. Beer? What beer? I don't know what beer is. Let, let's face it, Spider. If I was marching three days in to go fish a lake, I'd need a tractor behind me towing a, a big crate full of the stuff. I mean, <laughs> if bears are attracted to beer, we're in a lot of trouble. But that's well, extraordinary. The problem is if you're backpacking in, yeah, no, you you don't want to carry a can of beer, and usually we're not drinking much anything other than water that we're you're filtering out of all of the wilderness. No, no beer on these trips until we get back. Then the first thing we do is we head to a really good restaurant. It's got some good micro brews and some good ales. And I tell you what, that that whatever that thing is that you eat and that beer you have will be the best tasting thing you've ever had in your life. Oh. You come out of Especially after six days of hiking, you've caught the biggest trout of your life. You go back Man. that first beer, I reckon the first 10 wouldn't touch the side. No. You'd, be just, you'd be hunting them down, telling your you know story. Well, the funny thing is, when we, my son and I, we were actually hiking with uh, two friends of mine. And when my son and I went up and did this trip, like they, we left them at base camp and we hiked up to this lake, which is a couple hours up from where we were camping. And we had such a good day, and, and my son and I said, okay, you don't tell the other guys how good it was. Like, don't, because we'll just make them feel bad. And we got down to camp, and 
we get to camp and, and we're like, how'd you guys do? And they caught nothing, you know? And I'm like, oh boy, okay. So we're sitting around having dinner and they're like, how was your day? I'm like, hey, it was okay. <laughs> like, oh, do you guys catch some fish? Well, yeah, we caught a few fish. And I couldn't stand them. Like, you wouldn't believe it. We had the best fish we ever had in our life. They didn't even have, we did catch some fish and, and kill some fish that night, ate some fish. And since they didn't catch anything, me and Peter went out. We caught a couple of fish and brought them back and cooked these guys up for dinner. Oh, that's Pretty nice. Cool. Yeah, that's it. true fisherman spirit, yeah, absolutely, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, Steve, <laughs> got to ask, where, where is your favourite place to fish? You know, have you been lucky enough to travel anywhere else or you just, you know, that area you just absolutely fell in love with? You know what? I, I don't know if I got a favourite place to fish. I've fished all over the country. I've fished the White River in Arkansas, which has probably got the biggest trout in the country. I've fished in the Cloud River in California. There's red band rainbow trout all over the world from that I fished the Madison River, the Pew Spring Creek in Montana, the Bighorn River. And you know what? If, if it's a great day of fishing in any of those places, that's where I want to be. So it, it's hard to say there's one spot. And that's why I've got my podcast is because I love going to all these destinations. That's cool. Yeah. And we love hearing about it. Absolutely. Can we ask, um, you know, <laughs> I don't know how much fly fishing Herb's done. I haven't done nah, a, lot of, a lot. I haven't done a lot of it. What is, for those people who want to get into it, what is the art to it? What is the, the the kind of thing that keeps bringing you back? The key word. You know what? Uh, yeah, you said art. So, you know, it's it's a, it's been called a thinking man's game, and what I mean by that is like um, you, there's there's just you, there's a never ending like bucket of knowledge you've got to learn, right? So you can get into it and do well without you know learning a ton of things. Like you have to learn to cast. You have to learn a little bit about the insects where you're fishing. But what's great about it is that there's always something new to learn. So um, there's all different types of casts you can learn. There's the basic cast, you know, but then there's all kinds of different casts. There's casts where you're bending the line right and left. Uh, the tuck cast where you're trying to get the fly to tuck down in the water so the fly lands first and sinks quickly. There's dry fly fishing. There's nymph fishing. There's different types of nymph fishing. And there's um, streamer fishing, which is kind of down and across in the stream and you strip it in. I've been fishing for almost 50 years and I am still learning. And I just went out and fished with some professional anglers, some guys that are on, from, on the USA fly fishing team. And I caught like six fish. They caught a hundred. Wow. Wow. <laughs> they are, Jeez. they are that much better. Yeah. That, that's fascinating. It's called in the areas that uh, you're fishing, the uh, wilderness, you know, just being able to, you know, mm -hmm. fishing those areas, as you say, with no one else around, mm. it must be just serenity. Yeah, it must be just gold. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I love about it. It's getting harder and harder to find that in America. But if if you're in good shape and you're willing to do some hiking, most people don't go much farther than a mile off the road. But yeah. if you're willing to go a couple miles off the road in most of these areas, because in America, I'm not sure about in Australia, but in America. We have these designated wilderness areas. We have national forest areas. We have national parks, right? They all have different rules and regulations. But for the most part, you can go anywhere you want, anytime you want. And, um, you know, we've got maps today. You can go online and you can figure out exactly, you know, where you want to go and map out your trip. You know, you, there's even ways to, to read maps to kind of figure out if a certain high alpine lake will have fishing or not. You can go online and get stocking reports from the states, you know, figure out like, okay, if a state just stocked a lake, 
with 10 inch trout. Like, I don't want to go there this year. I'm going to go there in two years yep. when they're a little bigger. Yeah. You know, yeah. so you can kind of figure all that out, you know, uh, even before you leave. So a lot and, of resources. And I think, Steve, you're right there. Once you get all the fundamentals down of fly fishing, the big neg- uh, the, the next biggest thing is reading the waterways, reading a stream, uh, mm-hmm. reading where fish are going to be hanging in that stream and in that current, uh, learning right. where, where bait's going to be falling, uh, learning all these things. So there's a lot more right. to just the casting technique of fly fishing. It's all about mapping. Yeah. It's all about uh, experimental. It's, it's a lot that goes into it, I would say. Yeah, there is. You know, in different different species of trout behave different ways. Like, for instance, cutthroat trout, which are native to the American West, they like slower water. So you're going to find cutthroat in that. They're in rivers, but you're going to they're in, in lakes, but you're going to find them in that kind of lakey river water that's a little slower, and they just like that kind of water. A rainbow, a lot of times rainbows will hold out in the middle of the stream where there's a little cover on the bottom of the stream. And brown trout like to get all tucked up under logs and rocks and things. They very rarely are kind of out in the middle unless there's a hatch going on. So when you start to learn, okay, this, this river is full of, of West Slope cutthroat trout, let's say. All right. And so I know that those fish will feed in that slower water. And I also know that they're, they're slower to take a fly. So, like, I interviewed a guide who said, when you see a cutthroat come up and take your fly, say, God save the queen, then set the hook. Like, it's oh, that long. Okay. Yeah, right. That's okay. a good technique. Uh, yeah. It's amazing how much right. how much you can learn. And, you know, right now we are talking to Steve. He's from the Destination Angler Podcast. You can check it out at all the different uh, podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. But I do have to ask you, we've never spoken to anybody who's done this, and I don't even know if you've done this. Have you had to cut a hole in the ice and fish that way? <laughs> I've been ice fishing one time. A buddy of mine was like, hey, man, I just bought a, an ice auger, you know, which is one of these handheld things you use to drill a big hole out yeah. of the ice. And yeah. I'm freezing my butt off, you know, and <laughs> he drills a hole in there. And we're sitting there with these, you know, I don't know, I can't remember where he is. And it, it was like, you wouldn't catch anything. And it's like, all right, what if you're in the wrong spot? I got to go drill another hole over here. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, And yeah. I just thought, no, man, that's for the birds. But there are, <laughs> if you go up in the northern part of the U.S., like in Wisconsin, Minnesota, some places in Michigan, there'll be like ice fishing houses scattered all over the lakes. Wow. And what guys do is they go out there with their, their case of beer and their generator, and they'll sit out there and turn the football game on, drink beer all afternoon, uh, and ice fish. Oh, you know, and they kind of don't care if they're no, I tell you, oh, I'd love know? to go. I couldn't wait to go. <laughs> hang on, hang on. You know the best thing? You wouldn't have to take an esky. No. You just tip your carton out on yeah, the ground yeah. and it'll be ready to go in five minutes. <laughs> you know what? And uh, and you can you can drive your car on these lakes, right? Wow. These lakes are frozen all winter long. And, and some, some lakes, they even have stop signs in the middle of these lakes. <laughs> really? Like in Minneapolis, for instance. Yeah, they'll put a stop in Minneapolis. My wife used to live in Minneapolis, and she's like, you wouldn't believe it. They plowed the lake, and there's a stop sign in the middle of the lake where two plowed roads over the ice meet. Before so, that's know, that yeah. is it's fascinating for us here in Australia. But we only had a couple of questions before we let you go. How important is it that uh, you've got your son into it and who's got involved in it as well? How good is it to be able to do something with the young fella? He's probably not young anymore, but there's there's nobody there's nobody I'd rather fish with than my son, and he, he's now thirty two. 
Um, so he's, he's not as young anymore, but he still wants to go with dad. Matter of fact, we're going out to Colorado. We're going to be fishing the Arkansas River, which is a beautiful river. It starts at about oh, 10,000 feet in a town called Leadville, and it's, it's full of public access. It's beautiful out there. And it is great to fish with Peter. I first took Peter to Yellowstone when he was 10, and uh, other than him building sandcastles, next to a half-eaten elk carcass, everything went pretty good. <laughs> and how awesome is that? My first memories of fishing with my old man too. But uh, I've got to touch on this, steve before we go. This is why we do podcasting. This is why you do charters. It's to show people that are keen in this to give them insight into all the knowledge we've just spoken about, reading rivers, learning to cast different ways, fly fishing, catching different species, whatnot. This is why yeah. we do what we do, Steve, so that people that want to get into it can come to you. Uh, you can take them out, give them all the fundamentals, show them as much as you can. They take it on board. They catch some great fish. And this is why we do what we do, isn't it, mate? We, we share our knowledge. We share our passion. And um, we love people yeah. to get, get hooked into good fish. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've got, I've got thousands of listeners in New Zealand and Australia, by the way. I've done a show on the South Island and the trout fish in the South Island and New Zealand. And I understand that, that Australia has some trout. Maybe in the Snowy Mountains, is yep. that right? Yep, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Browns absolutely. and rainbows and, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I might have to do a show down there, man. you got to find me someone in India. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, I'll come down. We'll sort you out. We'll take a couple of cartons out the back. We'll get a uh, couple of fly rods and we'll go, go catch some trout in the uh, there you go. down in the upper ranges of where. No, it'll be around uh, Mount Buller, around that area. Yeah. I reckon there'll be a fair bit of trout through. Okay, um, yeah, the, those uh, southern states of Victoria. Yes, around uh, some of the uh, estuaries there and Tasmania. Yeah. We can't forget Tasmania. Oh, Tasmania will have some good trout. Yeah, it's got yeah, big Tasmania. Trout. Yeah, it's got hey, some great fly There's a very famous uh, fly shop owner and guide in uh, Mount Home, Arkansas, which is where the White River is. It's one of the most famous trout streams in America. Yeah. And he's from Tasmania. Steve, Steve Dolly is his name. And he yeah. runs a fly shop uh, down there in Arkansas. He's doing really well. He's a great guy. He wow. must be a good bloke. Yeah, absolutely. You got out of Tassie. That's always go. good. Hey, uh, uh, no, last one, Steve. Now, I know you do a lot of catch and release, but when you get that time and that moment to catch a fish and you're able to cook it up, yes. what is the best way you love to cook fish or what is your favourite fish to eat? I love this bit. All right. All right. So, usually, okay, if I am camping out, we might keep a trout or two at night when we're out in the wilderness. And what I'll, I'll bring some aluminum foil with me. I'll bring uh, a lemon, right, and then some, I don't know, some rosemary and thyme maybe. Ooh. And uh, and you just and some, a little butter in there, like uh, squeeze parquet, you know. You can pack that in. It doesn't go bad. And so you just put all that on your trout and wrap it up in some aluminum foil, throw it in the fire, and, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes later, it's perfect. And it's oh. the best trout you've ever had. Oh, I tell it you would what. be. You are music to Herbert. <laughs> precious. For, oh, imagine yeah. having a beer, <laughs> eating a trout off the coals, <laughs> and a bit of, you know, a few herbs, there a bit go. of butter. <laughs> I can't wait to get up to Indiana. I'm in New America. I'm coming over. Yeah, look me up. Yeah, I might even run for president while I'm there. <laughs> we need somebody who's decent over here. There's not much of a starting <laughs> list, is there? <laughs> Right, you can only go up, man. It can't be any worse. Uh, hey, 
Steve, thanks very much for joining us. We really do appreciate it. And, and Herb's right. We do these so so many people out there can learn. And uh, Steve, the Destination Angler, that's his podcast. Check it out wherever you do get your, your podcast. But it's fishing locations in North America. We really do appreciate your time. Thank you. Good on you, Steve. Stay long, you guys. Over. Well, Herb, it's always good to catch up with people. It uh, doesn't matter where they are in the world. If they love fishing, we love chatting, even yes. in Australia. But, um, look, that's Series 1 down. That's uh, 33 episodes. We've spoken wow. to some amazing people. Would you ever have thought you'd be chatting to people in different parts of the world about angling, about fishing? No way on earth. No way in the world. I'd, you know, we've spoken to guys from Kenya getting the Grand Slam and Marlin. We've gone down to the bottom end of South Africa in, in uh, Cape Town. We've gone to... Um, Andaman Islands. Andaman Islands. We've gone, you know... In India. In India. We've gone to Amsterdam. We've gone all around the world, and I love nothing more than chatting fishing. Friday afternoon in the shed, talking to your mates about what we're going to catch over the weekend is, is fantastic. We've gone neck level. We've taken it to the absolute <laughs> boundaries of the world, Spider. Um, you know, I think it's fantastic. I, I, it's a what great would, listen. What would you say, you know, because same with me. I'm not as passionate about fishing as you. I enjoy it. I yes. get a little bit crook if it gets a little bit bumpy. Like I, I often say I'd get uh, seasick in the barp. But <laughs> what have you? what's one of the main things now that sticks out with you, what you know, and everybody has all their different, yeah. You know, so many people we've chatted to, yeah. But you know, we've done the first series. Which one for you sticks out? Oh man, there's so many, isn't there? I reckon because you got PNG, you got Fiji, you've got the US. You know, what I've really noticed is how many people have changed their destination to mm. follow fishing, yeah. And it's really interesting. You know, people gone from you know uh, the UK. Into PNG or Fiji, yes. people gone from you know um, Kentucky, you know, or you know, um, what do you call it, Texas in the US to, to New Zealand to New Zealand, and and yeah, and they're they're dominating fly fishing in these areas. So, I mean, a standout. It's so hard. I mean, over at um, the. What about Ireland when we chatted to Dave? Yeah, he would have to be the funniest. Uh, that guy was down to earth and I love that about yeah, but that. Yeah, but then I like when you start to go through it and then I remember, um, oh, we can't remember all their names, but uh, the guy who fishes Amsterdam. Yeah. And he said, well, he goes, I told my wife, we're going to Amsterdam. So yeah. he goes, we got girls, we got weed, yeah. and, we, and we got fishing. Uh, he goes, does it get any better than that? <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. You know, and who would have ever thought that people are fishing in Amsterdam? Yeah. Like you say, they got girls and weed and whatever, the cafes. Yeah, we spoke to him about fishing over in Amsterdam. And chatted to old mate in uh, Nova Scotia. Who was a an Olymp- well? He was one of the. Um, he was a powerlifter. He was a powerlifter. Yeah, and he does fly fishing. Yeah. And he said, "No one picks on me fly fishing." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was a classic. And if you got too uh, intoxicated or hurt yourself, he would put you over his shoulder and carry you out. That's what he said. He goes, "I don't drink anymore." So he goes, "Herb, you can drink as much as you want." He goes, "Don't stress." He goes, "I'll just put you over my shoulder and, and carry, carry you out." <laughs> Had service with a smile. Um, yeah, look, I mean, we've had some fantastic talks. I, I reckon Kenya for me, like, I would never have thought we was. I never ever put Kenya and fishing together. Yeah. And we spoke to, I can't remember his name, but 
you know, the Grand Slam and the trifecta on Marlin out there. They have a beautiful reef system. To learn about something, a destination like that, yeah. makes me want to go there. Oh, absolutely. When, when, you, when you've never put Kenya and fishing together and you hear how this guy does it and what they do and what they catch, straight away, it's on my list. So there's a lot of them. Fiji, big dog tooth, like you can't beat that. But, but they, even here locally... You know, we spoke to, you know, we've spoken about JC. Yep. Who, you know, uh, got no legs, rides around on a skateboard. Yep. But Loves he goes fishing. fishing. Um, Busby Maru. We spoke to Jeremy. That was another good chat, you know. Like, a, a musician loves his fishing. And he's based up around uh, central Queensland. And, uh, yeah, top bloke, good chat. And he didn't even want to talk about his music career. He just loves fishing that much. So, another good story. Yeah, yeah. No, there's so many. And then uh, your, your man crush. Ryan Moody. Ah, oh, Ryan Moody. I mean, you know, that, he's probably the most knowledgeable guy about fishing I've ever spoken to. This guy does sounder courses. He, fit, you know, he's he's at literally at the moment cruising around the Great Barrier Reef on his thirty foot boat called uh, Mood Swings with his missus taking people fishing. What a life! What yeah. a legend! So <laughs> probably uh, Ryan would have to be up there. Oh, uh, Tracy, just a girl. She just come off the competition in uh, WA Exmouth and, and drove dro- all the way from Adelaide, <laughs> towing a six and a half meter boat. Like that, that to me, that's you know, that's a big set of kahunas. You are planning a trip more than two thousand kilometers each way to go and fish a marlin comp, catching their own bait, going out, towing around for sales, blacks and blues. You know, can't beat that. No, nah. and then we spoke to uh, you know, people like Taz with inland lake fishing. He's right into it. And what he does, he gets the map out when he moved the house and he drove a four-hour radius around his home. Yeah. And he worked out what lakes he can get to within four hours, which was great. Yep. And also we learned a lot about the Murray Cod. Oh, down there at, uh, what's it? Uh, Mawala. Mawala. You know, and this is the thing. We're, we're learning about different species, different areas, like the Murray Cod. Found them full of golf balls. They eat golf balls. They'll eat anything, them things. They're the guts of the freshwater history. A, one of them made a bird and it just a <laughs> suck birds off the top. <laughs> they make lures that are shaped like birds for Murray Cod, oh, I, too, I recently yeah. found out. So And snakes and whatever. So, yeah, we have literally gone from freshwater bass and Murray Cod all the way to the deep blue water, dog tooth, marlin and, and whatnot. It's fascinating. I... I could do this every day. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I hope you've enjoyed it. Make sure you tell your friends and uh, family and uh, go back and have a listen to, you know, 33 episodes. And as we've said, Herb, from all around the world, including just here. And a lot of great tips as well. How do you get your family into fishing, your kids into fishing? Servicing your boat. Yeah, you know, putting your boat in. Like, your best entertainment is down at a boat ramp on a Sunday arbor. Having a having a salad roll and watching people putting boats on trailers. You can't get any better than that. I mean, gee. So, yeah, it, it is, fishing is, you know, in Australia, we've got over 25 million people that live in Australia and nearly 11.5 million of them fish. Really? Yep. So, and, and the, the money that it brings into communities and whatnot, ice, bait, fuel, tackle, you know, it is a massive thing, not just here in Australia, but all around the world. And to get stats on how many people fish all around the world, I'm going to look at this, I'm going to look into it, and I'm going to try and find out and bring you them. Oh, you're going to bring us a smart herb in Series 2. Yeah, two. I'm, going to, I'm going to do some studying over this break, and I'm going to come back with a little bit more acknowledgement. I mean, acknowledgement. I mean, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there we go. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, As we say, continue to follow us and uh, we'll be back with Series 2 before you know it. I can't wait and stay safe out on the water, everybody that's listening. I've loved this. I can't wait for Series 2. 
Make sure you stay safe out there and enjoy your fishing. Over.